I'm excited about today's message. This is sort of a classic message of mine. I really love this. And I thought about this uh, literally about a month and a half ago. I knew I was going to be preaching uh, after Christmas. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to pull out one of my favorite messages and just kind of brush it up. I want to share this with you because this is just a, it's a great message. That I don't know where you're at, but maybe you're looking for God's direction today. Maybe you're like, I just need to know what God's will is for my life. I'm trying to figure out what my next move is. This message is for you, if that is you today. And so we're going to look at the five ways that God speaks to us. God, God gives us divine direction. He gives us his direction, his lead, shows us what to do. And sometimes it, we need God's direction because we really don't know what's next. And sometimes we just need affirmation that we're already going in the right direction. And so in either way, it's a good thing. And so I'm excited about this. I'm going to use the story of Mary and Joseph, and we're just going to just walk through it. I could have used multiple stories of different Bible characters to show you the five ways that God speaks to us uh, throughout the Bible. But why, why not, since we're at Christmas, to actually talk about Joseph and Mary. So you guys ready? Yeah. All right, let's go. Let's dive right in. Here we go. There are five ways that God speaks uh, that through. God speaks to us in five different ways, and he does this through the story of Mary and Joseph. Let's pick up in Matthew chapter one. It says this. This is how the birth of Jesus came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. Now, right off the bat, we see that before God even shows up, Mary and Joseph have fallen in love. And so sometimes we forget this, but God actually leads us. The number one way God leads us is through our own desires. And so we, we sometimes discount that, but I want to encourage you, don't discount that. God made you, God pre-shaped you with preferences, with desires, with, with certain things about who you are that God made you to be. And so God will use those preferences in your life as well. So just keep that in mind. I'm so glad that my wife and I was dating her in college she didn't say, you know, I really am totally grossed out by you, but I know it's God's will we get married, so let's go ahead and do this. I mean, like, no, I don't, I hope that's not the case. I mean, that would be so bad if I'm standing, you know, in front of the preacher and, and, and she's walked the aisle and I give her a kiss and she just throws up a little bit in her mouth. That would not be good. So I'm happy that she actually wanted to be with me and I wanted to be with her. And so our desires for, were for one another. And so God does use your desires. Please do not discount that. God wants to use that in your life. I also know that that can get you in trouble too, because sometimes we desire something that is outside of God's will. That can happen too. We're going we're gonna to talk about that in just a moment, how you can protect yourself from the wrong desires, leading you in the wrong direction as well. But God leads you, number one, through your desires. He shaped you. Maybe there's a certain school you really want to go to. Who's to say God didn't put that desire in you? Maybe you really want to pursue a certain type of profession. Again, God shaped you for certain things. And so those are all good things. And so what are your desires? Dig, dig, one of the best ways to know what God's plan is for your life is to know this. God made you. And so he made you with certain uh, habits, certain desires, certain preferences. Uh, you know what? If you want to know uh, what a car was designed to do, just look at how it was built. I mean, just, you know, Jeeps obviously were meant to go off-road. They're, they're, they're horrible gas mileage. There's no way those things were meant for highway, right? In the same way, if you take your Honda Civic and try to go off-road with it, you're going to be in a world of hurt really fast. It wasn't designed for that, okay? You were designed with certain desires, and there's just certain roads. If you go down, there's much smoother for you because you're built for those roads. Does that make sense? And so follow the Lord's will by how he wired you up, okay? That's a good thing. The second way that God speaks to us, look at Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. But before they came together, she was found to be, be with child through the Holy Spirit, because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. We kind of forget that part of the story. But, he, you know, he shows up and Mary's pregnant. He's like, what is going on? There's something about Mary. What's going on here, right? 
And so this is a problem. And so he, he loves her, she loves him. But the Lord, of course, had told Mary, I, I'm going to impregnate you through the Holy Spirit. And God does that. And so the second way that God speaks to us is he leads us through our circumstances, good and bad. And keep in mind, at first, this was not good in Joseph's mind. He's like, this is bad. This is not good. My fiance showed up pregnant. And I know I haven't touched her yet. There's no way. It's me. So who's the dude, Mary? Come on, what's going on, right? But then, of course, he has a dream, and, and God speaks to him. More on that in a minute. But, but understand this. God does speak to you through circumstances. So unplanned changes. Uh, one, some things just, sometimes things don't work out the way you want them to do. And so I really wanted to go. I remember when I was growing up, I grew up in Houston and, and uh, not far from Houston is Texas A&M University. And I, I just love that school. I had friends who went there and I was like, I really want to go be an Aggie. That sounds so cool to me. I want to do it. I just couldn't get in. I didn't have the grades. And so, I mean, I'm not saying I'm like dumb. I'm just saying <laughs> I had a lot of fun in high school. Is that a safe way to say that? <laughs> So anyway, so yeah, I just, I wasn't really much of a studier, but I didn't do good on my test either. In fact, a guy asked me one time, like, what'd you do in the SAT? And I told him I scored, and he said, was that the verbal or written? I was like, that was both. What are you talking about? <laughs> so anyway, so I couldn't get in. So uh, needless to say, I went to another school and uh, ended up transferring even from that school. I went to a little small uh, Christian school, didn't like it much. I didn't realize at the time that God had wired me to be an evangelist. And so I didn't like being around just a bunch of Christians. I wanted to be around a bunch of lost people that were partying and on their way to hell, right? And so, cause I wanted to win them to Christ. And so that was my heart's desire. So I transferred to Steve F. Austin State University. There was plenty of sinning going on there. And so, <laughs> When I got there, I was like, wow, this is crazy. And so, but I loved it because I, I, I got to be a witness. I got to make a difference. I really, I really enjoyed that. So at one point I was asked to lead this little Bible study at a, a local church there. And so I began to lead it and it was like maybe 30 to 50 students and it began to grow. And it was like, whoa. And that was kind of when I started to really discover that God had wired me with, with, with a gift. And I didn't know that at the time, and, but it started to really kind of take off. And this little group of 50 students turned into about 200 students pretty quick. And it just kept growing. It was like, this is really crazy. But I still had this nagging desire that I wanted to go to Texas A&M. And so I had ordered the paperwork. And, and this, this is before we had online. I know there's a whole generation are like, paper? What's this you talk of? <laughs> anyway, so I ordered the whole packet to fill out so I could go off to A&M. And so I filled the whole thing out. And I had a friend uh, and she was like, what are you, why are you wanting to go to A&M? I was like, I've just always wanted to go there. They got this new degree program. It's like a leadership degree. It sounds really cool. I want to do that. And she was like, I just really think God's using you in a powerful way right here at SFA. I don't think you should you should leave, Bill. I think this is what God has for you. I think God's will is for you to be here. And I was like, oh, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, I want to really want to go. And she's like, I'm just telling you, you should pray about that. So I did pray about it. And I stayed at SFA and I married that friend. And so, <laughs> yeah. So God definitely wanted me at SFA. And so I just want to encourage you that just sometimes the things that you think you want when they don't work out, that's also God's will. So, so you, you don't realize what you're missing out uh, oftentimes is you're missing out on missing out yeah. on God's will. Does that make sense? And so the very thing you think, oh, it'd be so great. I wish I could get into the school or I wish I could get that job or I wish I really wanted to date that person. But, but you don't know what God has in mind and it may be way better. In fact, I believe it is than what you think you want. God has a plan for you. And so trust the Lord. When God says no, what he's actually saying is no comma, I have something better. 
And so trust the Lord's no's as much as you trust his yeses. And so God will speak to you through your circumstances when things don't work out, when you don't get the job, when you don't get the promotion, when you don't get the position, when you wanted to go to that town, you got moved to this town. When the military is supposed to move to Hawaii and you ended up in Corpus Christi. What's going on? You know, this is not what I thought. And so God had a plan, right? God, God puts you where he wanted you to be. And so just trust the Lord because he knows what he wants for your life. And so just encourage you. So he speaks to you through your desire and through your circumstances. And look what happens next. Matthew 1, verse 20. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now, this is an angel speaking to Joseph in a dream. Now, let's see where the angel also talked to Mary. It says in Luke chapter 1, verse 35, the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month from nothing is impossible with God. I love that line, don't you? Nothing's impossible with God. Mary responded, I'm the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Man, that's a prayer we should all pray. God, everything you say about me, let that come true. Isn't that a great line? We should start praying that prayer. This, what would happen in 2022 if you started praying that prayer now? God, I want everything you say about me to come true. Wow, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? But I want to point something out. When the Holy Spirit speaks to us, in the Old Testament, oftentimes the Holy Spirit spoke to people. It was actually, they didn't have the Holy Spirit yet. It was through angels. And so today we would say the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. And so that's how he directly speaks to you and me when we pray, when we're seeking the Lord. In fact, when people tell me, I don't need, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what God's will is. Well, when you're in worship and when you're in prayer and when you're in church, what dominant desires are rising up within you? That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Does that make sense? And so I want to encourage you, number three, God speaks to you through the Holy Spirit. Every time you pray, every time you come to church, direction gets confirmed. Right now, someone's getting some direction confirmed. You're like, oh man, I didn't realize that God started this whole thing with desires. My circumstances are all lining up in this direction. And here we are in church and I can't believe Pastor Bill's talking about direction today. That's God. God did that. I'm not that good. God's that good. He's speaking to you. He's leading you. He's directing you. He has a plan for your life. And so you got to trust when the Lord tells you to do something, do it. And so just trust the Lord. So the Holy Spirit will speak to you directly. And so this is one of the reasons why, uh, in fact, sometimes people say, man, I just wish God would tell me through your sermon or I wish that, you know, just through a book or a song and, and God uses all that. But sometimes the Lord just wants you to close your eyes, pray and let him speak to you directly. Why? So you have a relationship with him. He wants you to have a relationship with him. So I want to encourage you. In fact, sometimes I found that God will hold out. You know why? He wants you to pray more. Why? Because he wants you to know him. Could it be that sometimes the Lord doesn't tell you his will really fast because he just wants to spend time with you? Yes. You're seeking God in prayer to get his will, but getting in prayer is his will. Yes. He wants you to know him, to walk with him. And so sometimes I think the Lord holds back. When Sophie was little, when she was little, 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 I miss those days. Oh, I miss those days so much. But when she was just a little, little big girl, she would, she would come over and I'd be eating something and she'd want it or I'd be playing with something. Or I'd have something in my hands and she'd want it. She'd be like, can, daddy, daddy, can I have that? And I'd go, well, you want it? And I, and I lean and I put it real close to my face and she'd start crawling up me because she wanted the item I was holding. But she'd realize her daddy would always give her the item, but I'm going to hold on a little longer because I just want to be close to you. Does that make sense? I wonder if God does that with us. I could tell you right now, but if I do that, I won't get you close. So lean into the Lord. 
He wants to know you and you to know him. He wants to have it like that with you. Isn't that great? Because you're your heavenly father's daughter. You're your daddy's daughter. You're, you're your daddy's son. He wants to be close to you. So sometimes he goes, oh, I've got, I'll show you. Not yet. Because I want you just to know me first. Seek the Lord. He has great things to tell you. So God will speak to you through your desires, through your circumstances, and through the Holy Spirit. And here is what I call the safety net of God's will. Here's how you can't mess up. Isn't that nice that there's a way, like, is there like a guarantee way that I won't get off track? There is, and here is the safety net. It says in Matthew 1, verse 22, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. In other words, all of this lines up with God's word. That is the protective part of God's will. This is how we know if we'll just make sure we're fitting our lives to his word, it protects us from getting off from his will. Because God will never tell you something to do that contradicts his word. Did you catch that? Because if God told you to do something that contradicts his word, that means his word or, his, or what he told you is a lie. And he's not a liar. So God will never lead you to do that. It's like the man who said, I think God's will is for me to divorce my wife and marry my secretary. I said, I know for a fact that's not God's will. I know for a fact, because the Bible is very clear, thou shalt not commit adultery, okay? And so I know that it's not God's will for you. Make sense? And so uh, when singles are dating some, someone and they uh, jump in the sack with him, guess what? That's not God's will. I know for a fact it's not. Well, you're saying that that couldn't be the person we just messed up? Maybe, but you're so blinded by the emotions that get tied up with sex that you don't really know, do you? And so if you'll slow down and actually break it off, and especially if you know you can't stop, then you just got to end the relationship and you can maybe start friendship from it, but the truth is you probably blew that, and you need to just back away and say, God, I blew that. And so this is why singles, people say, well, every time we talk about relationships, it's always about the sex, and you're always getting honest. No, 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 it's because that is what, what, what we call the weed out. Let me explain this. You know, when you go to college, there's certain classes that are the weed out classes that, that universities do. They're just harder classes. They're like, we're just going to weed out the, the students that aren't serious. And so the, you know, the English 101 with 300 people in one room, that's a weed out class. You know, you already have that English class in high school. We're going to make sure that we put you through something to make sure you're serious or you're not going to advance to the next semester, are you? And so guess what? This is why that all of a sudden there's all this transfer room at the schools. Why? Because about half of the freshmen fail out because they didn't come and they weren't serious. In the same way, when it comes to your faith, singles, you know what? If you immediately get physical, guess what? You just got weeded out. You're not serious about God. And you'll miss God's plan and you'll be on your own and it'll be a mess. And so, listen, there's certain scripture that I, I, I call it the weed out scriptures. If you don't do the basics, you're just not going to be in God's will. And I'd prefer you be in God's will. And you say, but it's just so hard. Yeah, I know. It's hard. I, I get it. I understand. And, and, but don't tell me it can't be done. We did it. My wife and I, we waited. I know it can be done. 10,000 cold showers and a lot of prayer. It can be done. <laughs> I want to encourage you. I remember when I was, when I was dating, I just knew, you know, because I studied the Bible. I knew Jesus was going to come back before I got married. I just knew it was going to happen. Like my wedding day, this guy was going to split open. Oh, I've come back. I'm going to be like, wait, I need like two minutes at best. So I don't want to have to explain that. But anyways, okay. So, <laughs> Lord, I'm so sorry. I am, wow. Talk about being off base. Okay, so God confirms his direction through his word. 
Don't get weeded out. Don't let the devil weed you out from following the Lord. And so are there some basic things you're just not doing? You're not coming to church. You're not going to have God's will if you're not coming to church, right? That's such a basic thing. You're not tithing. Such a basic thing. I don't know why my finances are a mess and God doesn't bless me. Oh, I can tell you, it's just, it's simple. The Bible's so clear. If you're not bringing the tithe, don't, don't accept. You're going to be living under a curse. The Bible says it's very clear. And so you just got to know, that's just a simple weed out scripture. It's like, are you going to advance in your faith or not? Are you going to take his word seriously or not? Are you going to follow and be faithful to him or not? There are some basic things that if you're not doing those, you're saying, oh, God, show me your will and all these little minute details in my life. And God's like, you're not doing the most basic things and yet you want all the advanced things. So it's like you're asking to go put your foot on third base, but you just skipped first. And so you can't skip first and second base. You got to make sure that you tag all the things, God, I know you want me to be faithful to you, faithful in your church, serving, tithing, in prayer. You want me to forgive people. You mean, just there's some basic things. Do those first. You say, well, but I want to know God's will. That is God's will. Do those things. And then you get to the things you want to know about, like, where do I, who am I going to marry? Where am I going to work? What's my job? What's my, you know, all that. Those are all the details we all, all the details we want to know about. But the truth is, is that before we even get to that, you got to do some basics. And so you got to pass boot camp. You got to get through basic. So let's do the basics first. So let me just ask you before I go any further. Are there some basic scripture you're ignoring, but yet you're wanting to know God's will? Just, just right now, is something come to mind? Is the Holy Spirit speaking to you right now? Bringing up something that you're not doing? God's like, you're asking me for my will. I'm telling you what it is. Do these three things, and then you get to step four, five, and six, but don't expect to skip. You get, this is not how it works. God, show me your will, and then I'll decide if I want to do it or not. <laughs> it's not how it works. So God shows you, and then you do all those things. Does that make sense? So I want to encourage you that that God's word is there to protect you from the wrong relationship, protect you from the wrong job, protect you from the wrong friends, protect you from the wrong environments, protect you from the wrong decisions. And so where are you in violation of God's word? Back it up, back it up, beep, 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 back it up. And say, God, I'm not gonna violate that again. In fact, let's just be honest. The last time he violated that, how'd that work out? See, if you look at the disasters in your life, there's almost always a scripture you ignored. You just tell me where you're falling apart and we'll just dig up the scripture on that and see if you've obeyed it. it just, that's how that works. It's, it's just not complicated. And so I just want to encourage you, there are some basic things. But you know what we do? We want to, it's like physical fitness. Well, I'm going to go hire a trainer. And the trainer's like, okay, we're going to work you out three times a week, this and that. And here's, the, here's your diet plan. Oh, I don't want to do that. I'm just going to go eat Mexican food. I don't need all that. You're like, oh, really? Oh, yeah, I'm going to eat whatever I want. I'm going to do whatever I want. And I'm going to sleep in. And I don't want, oh, that's hard. I don't want to do that. And they're like, why, why, why did you hire a trainer? Like why, why, like, why are you acting like you're ready to advance when you're not doing the most basic thing? Faith is the same way. And so let's get the basics down. The word of God's clear. Do that first. 90% of God's will is already written down. Do those things to get to the 10% that's not written down that you really want to know about. So start with the 90%. So if you've been following along, God leads you through your own desires. God leads you through your circumstances. God speaks you through the Holy Spirit. And God speaks you through his word. Here's one of the scriptures. I just want to add this. This is one of the scriptures that God spoke to me. Because there's, there's the word of God. And then there's what I call the Rima word. The word, Rima means like a now word for me. Okay? A Rima word means like this word is for you. You ever had some scripture pop off a page at you? And you're like, that was for me today. Anybody have that? Right? Here was a verse that did that for me years ago. It was Romans 15, 20. Paul said this. 
He said, my ambition has always been to preach the good news where the name of Christ has never been heard rather than where a church has already been started by someone else. So I knew God had put that verse on my heart because I was not to go take over a church where someone had already started it, someone had already pastored, I was supposed to go start a church from scratch. But I also knew God was leading me, and this is, pretty, this is a pretty high order at the time, just 25 years ago, but I remember the Lord put in my heart to go to a town that did not have a church similar to what I wanted to plant. Now that sounds like, oh yeah, there's plenty of places, right? No, 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 no. This is America, every large city in America had five churches like what I wanted to do until I came to Corpus Christi. And I showed up here and I was like, wow, there's not a single church. Great churches, great churches all around us, but nothing like what I felt led to do. That was one of the ways I knew this is it. In fact, I had circled, all, I'd pull out a map and circled all these cities all across America where I could go plant a church. And Corpus Christi was not even on my list. I mean, I was looking for towns of a million plus, and I'd circled all these towns. In fact, I got down to one particular city that I thought this is going to be it. I wanted to go to Las Vegas, Nevada. I thought there's plenty of centers there. There'll be lots of lost people. So I was going to go plant a church there. So I flew up there, and I grew up in a denomination, and so they had some resources. They said, we'll fly you out here. We want to show you around. We'd love you to plant a church. Like, that'd be great. And I was like, oh, this is totally God. This is awesome. Jessica was pregnant at the time with Mason, and she, couldn't, she was far enough along she couldn't travel with me, so I had to go to Vegas alone. I don't recommend that, but I did. And so I flew to Vegas, stayed off the strip, you know, but I, I still checked out the strip. But really, I was interested in that. I was interested in the community, like the neighborhoods, you know, like planting a church and, and all these different areas. So I, I began to look around. And, and as I did that, there, there's an area there called Henderson, Nevada. I was like, oh, this would be a perfect place to plant the church. There's all these new homes going up everywhere. So it was the fastest growing city in America at the time. So I get there. I'm looking around. Guess what happened? I go to this one big church there called Central Christian. I meet the pastor. He's like, oh, Bill, we'd love to have you. You should plant. In fact, we've got church planters all over the city. We've gridded the entire city. We've got guys with the north side, the south, the east, the west. And we have all these guys, and we have these meetings once a month. And I was just like, <laughs> you're killing me right now. Because he meant that like really cool, like there's all these community church planters. And I was like, no, this means it's covered. Yeah. Like, you don't need me here. Like, you don't need me at all. Like, I, I could plant a church here, and the whole thing could be swallowed up in an earthquake, and you wouldn't even miss it. There's so many great churches here. Believe it or not, Las Vegas has got tons of great churches. And so now they're all led by guys in Elvis costumes, but still, the point is. <laughs> so, so I knew at that point, I was like, this is clearly not what God had. So I call Jessica, I'm on the phone, I pulled over, I'm standing in the middle of the road in this area called Summerlin, it's this huge growth area. And I was like, hey babe, she's like, hey, how's it going? I was like, honey, I feel so bad, I just wasted two whole days and I know we we're all excited. I said, I don't think this is where God wants us to plant. And she literally, you know, they're in the line. She goes, oh, thank God. <laughs> I was like, what? She's like, oh, I'm so happy. I did not want to, I didn't want to raise our son in Las Vegas, Nevada. And I was like, yeah, that thought kept coming to my mind too. I was like, this is really, t I mean, I'm honoring God with my life. And this is a lot for me to take in. As a 25-year-old young man, I can't imagine uh, raising children here. And plenty of people do, and they're fine. I know, I've got family friends that live there, and they're fine, okay? But the point is, is that just in my heart, I was like, this isn't it. And Jessica was like, thank God. And I said, honey, why do you just tell me? She's like, I didn't want to get in, God's, in the way of God's will. If that's where he, she wants. She's so sweet. She's just like, whatever God wants. And I was like, babe, that's awesome, but you could have just told me you didn't want to go there, and I just would have marked it off the list, and we just could look to other cities. But we knew that wasn't it. In the same way, I went to Houston. I grew up in Houston. Tons of great churches everywhere. Dallas, they were, I mean, Dallas is ridiculous. You swing a stick in the mall, you hit five church planters. I mean, it's ridiculous. So I was like, they don't need me here. But I came to this city, and I was like, there's an opening. There is a wide swath of space 
where there is not a church designed really for unchurched people, for, for people who are far from God. And that's how God led us here. God used his word. So God spoke to me through his word. God spoke to me through circumstances. God spoke to me through the Holy Spirit. And I knew this was where God wanted us. And so what was hard about the time, to be honest with you, was that it was really hard for me, not because I, Corpus Christi is a great city. It had nothing to do with Corpus. It was hard for me to mark off Las Vegas because I had already marked off 13 other cities. Like I was like, and I literally, I went to my, one of my good friends, his name was Will Lewis. I said, Will, we were in seminary together. I said, dude, he goes, where are you going to go? I said, I don't know. I just marked off the last city on the list that I had made. I thought, surely one of these 13 cities. And he was like, are you serious? I said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm devastated. Like, I've been playing for six months for this. I don't have a city. And he goes, you know what's really weird? I just did an internship at this church called Yorktown Baptist Church in a place called Corpus Christi. And I was like, where is that? He was like, he was like, it's on the ocean. I was like, there's like 30,000 people down there? Like, I had no idea how big Corpus Christi was. And he goes, yeah. He goes, no, it's a lot bigger than that. He goes, and dude, he goes, what you're describing, I know the kind of church you're trying to do. He goes, I'm telling you, Bill, there's nothing like what you're describing. He goes, just call this guy. So he gives me Sam Douglas's number. That was a pastor at Yorktown at the time. I called him. Sam and I clicked immediately because he used to be a college pastor. He goes, I know what you're trying to do. You're just trying to basically start a youth group for adults. I said, yes, that's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> he, goes, I, he goes, I used to lead college ministry. That's what you're describing. I said, you're right, Sam, that's it. He goes, you need to get on a plane, get your butt down here right now. He goes, what you don't know is our youth group that normally goes to Mexico every year to do missions, our youth pastor felt led by God for some reason this one year to not do that, but instead have the youth group go all around the south side of our city and start little Bible studies to basically farm out, basically go and meet families and find out if there's any families that want to plant a new church. And he goes, we already have a list of families. The only thing we don't have is a church planter. Are you kidding me? So God was putting things together. So we come here, I immediately fell in love with the people, and we knew this is it. This is what God had. But I didn't get to the yes until there. I first obeyed God through 13 no's. Will you be faithful in the face of a no? And then maybe 13 of them. You maybe you're like, this is the 13th guy I've been dating. Okay, I understand. That's a lot. God has a plan. Trust in his timing. Trust in his ways. He is leading you. He is speaking, I promise. So God confirms his direction through his word. Maybe God gave you a different verse. It, of course he does. Why? Because it's for your situation. So he gives different verses for different people. And so what verse has God given you? And so maybe he gave you a verse on health and you're sick right now. But the Lord's been clear to you. He's like, no, the Lord told me I will have life. Speak life over yourself then. So what, what, did, what verse did God give you? And so claim that verse. I want to encourage you. Maybe when you read Solomon, you don't just read about a king. You read about a guy who's got wealth, who was diligent, and who had land and businesses. And, and you're like, Pastor, I am so broke, but why am I dreaming these dreams of having multiple businesses? I don't even have one. Because God gave you a verse. Stand by it. Yes. Believe God for something big. Listen, God doesn't put a small dream in anyone. I just want to encourage you, don't dream based upon how big you think you are. Dream based upon how big you think your God is. God put a big dream in me right here. So I just want to encourage you. You know, I remember coming to Corpus Christi and thinking, man, this is a little sleepy for what I was dreaming. No offense, because I grew up in Houston. But guess what? God had a big plan. You know, hey, God brought the Savior of the world from Bethlehem. You know how big Bethlehem is? Population 700. And he brought the Savior of the world through there. Do not despise these day of small beginnings is what Scripture says. 
So God can start right where you are. You have all that you need to succeed because you have God on your side. And with God, you already have a majority. Just do what the Lord tells you to do. Just trust him. And the last way that God speaks to us, I think is very important. And this will also protect you. And this is also a warning before I say these scriptures that if you violate this one, violate this at your own peril. Okay, check it out. It says in Matthew 1, 24, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. Now, so Mary, you know, was like, this is crazy. He's not going to marry me. But then God spoke to Joseph, who was a godly man, and said, no, no, this is, this is, this is who you're supposed to be with. This is my plan, right? And then also God spoke to Mary uh, about Elizabeth, who was, an, who was her cousin that was older than her, that she looked up to a lot. I think it's important that we have some people that are older, also older in the Lord that we look up to. That's very important. In fact, look at the scripture, Luke chapter 1, verse 39. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? How did she know that? Because God had already spoken to her. I love that. When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said he would. And so basically, Elizabeth was, was, was carrying a child. It was, it was Jesus' cousin, John the Baptist. Okay? But this is very important. Mary was confident in the Lord because Elizabeth, her older, uh, basically like a sister, not a sister though, but her cousin, Elizabeth walked with the Lord and she said, I know God told me that you're, you're carrying his child. Mary's like, Are you, how would you know that? Because the Lord spoke to me. And I bet he spoke to you. He did speak to me. And then Joseph, you know, he actually was going to, he's actually going to marry me. He was going to divorce me because he thought, whose child is this? But the Lord told him too. And so the will of God is confirmed, listen, 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 through other godly people. This is very, very important. If you go against other godly people's advice, you are literally walking right outside of God's will. Let me just say that right now. In fact, if you have godly friends and family who go silent on you, that's because you're not listening. So they're like, why waste my breath? You're going to do what you want to do. And so, you know, it's okay. You know what I've learned to do with people like that? I just step back. I'm like, that's no problem. I'll just step back and let God zap you. <laughs> and then when everything falls apart and you waste more time and more money and more emotion, then maybe you'll go, I need to follow the Lord. You're like, yeah, we've been telling you that, but you wouldn't listen to any of us. And so if you're dating someone and all your friends are against it, you're a fool. If you're dating someone and all your family doesn't like them, you're a fool. My parents want to be Christians. They don't have to be Christians to recognize stupidity. <laughs> Do you understand that? Your parents still love you and God gave you those parents. Even if they're not believers, they can still recognize if someone's good for you or not. I just, I just, I, I kind of go off on this because I see it all the time. There's a reason why God puts you in a church because you're supposed to have other believers around you to protect you from wrong decisions. Yes. And so you, you got to listen to those around you. It's a big deal. You know, every once in a while people say, well, you know, who are you accountable to? And what's the structure of your church, this and that? And we, we are a pastor-led congregation, but I want to be real quick, careful when I say that. That does not mean I don't listen to other people. I'd be a fool not to get really good advice from some godly men and women in my life. And so there are multiple people, and they know who they are in this church that I go to privately, and I'll say, hey, I've been praying about this. this, is what I think. What do you think about this? Remember the 100 hours of prayer I did last year? 
You know, you don't know this, but I have copious notes I was taking that the Lord was speaking to me. And I took those notes to several men of God in our church, and I just opened up and said, here's what I think God's doing. I, think, I feel like the Lord told me this, and this, and then this. What do you think about that? What, do you, what are your thoughts? And I was writing down, okay, and what do you think about that? What do you think about? And I was going over it with them, detail by detail, because I want to know what they think. Does that make sense? What was so powerful was multiple times in those conversations, God just began to speak in a powerful way. One of my good friends who is very wise, got a lot of wisdom, especially in the area of real estate, I went to him and I sat down with him, and by the end of the conversation, he was totally quiet, and he's not a quiet guy. And I was like, what's going on? He was just like, he said, I'm kind of freaking out right now. I said, why? I said, because this is so God. This is, I can just see God's purpose in this. He called me. He's like, I went home. I went back to my office. I got every, every, gathered everyone around. I said, what's God's purpose for our organization? And we're all talking about what's God's purpose for us. With I was like, oh, my God, what just happened? God was stirring. That's what was just happening. Another dear friend of mine, brilliant with finance. I think, by the way, people ask me, you know, like, who do you look to? Who do you listen to? I have pastors that I look to and I listen to all the time. But I also have individuals that are good at certain things, just like one or two, like, like someone's really, really good with numbers, really amazing with finances. Someone else is really, really good with real estate. Someone else is really, really good organizationally. And so I'll say, so here's what I think God's telling me. What, is this, what do you think this means organizational structure-wise? So there's a person on our staff that I go to and I go, okay, Pastor, I hear what you're saying. We've got to restructure everything if we're going to do this. And he has such an organizational mind. He literally sees our whole staff in a giant grid and he can just lay it out. It's amazing. Don't you know that God didn't give you all the wisdom? He gave you a portion of it. But why would you not lean on the wisdom of those around you? Get people smarter than you. And so I'm, I was constantly texting different pastors and different leaders and getting all their advice. And it all came together to show us that we're to win a million souls. Start seven more campuses. So I believe God has a plan for your life too, but you're not supposed to get it all just directly from God. You're supposed to also get it from God's people. Does that make sense? Case in point, you do know that even when God talks to you, he is in agreement with himself. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, even when God speaks to you, it's coming at you in community. If he needs community, how arrogant are we to think we don't? So we need the advice and the wisdom of the godly people around us. But let's be honest. The reason why we don't go to them is because maybe we know what they'll say. And we don't want to hear it. Stubborn people get out of God's will. Don't be one of those people. Because you're, you're doomed to repeat your last mistake if you don't listen to those around you. Let me just say that again. Unless you want to go around the block again. Go through that trial one more time. Or you may want to stop and say, okay, I've already blown this. I don't want to blow this again. And get some good advice and listen to it. And by the way, when you can't trust yourself, go with other people's opinions, godly people's opinions. Meaning that if you've repeatedly made the same mistakes in dating, you need to no longer date on your own. You should date by committee. If you've repeatedly just made the same stupid mistakes again. Make sense? You're on your fourth marriage. What's the only thing in common with all four of those marriages? You. So you need some better advice. Make sense? You're on your fourth job in two years. Your resume looks like a patch quilt. That means you're not listening to those you're working with. And so begin to listen. You can learn a lot. You have two ears and one mouth. Use them proportionately. Listen twice as much to God the wisdom 
as you're giving out. And God will use that. I think the brilliance of our church is not because I'm brilliant. The brilliance of our church and why God's put his hand on this place in such a powerful way is because the first thing I admit is I don't know what I'm doing. And I have found that regularly I get overwhelmed. I do all the time. I'm like, God, I don't know what to do. This is crazy. I don't know how to handle this. And I feel like the Lord just passed me in the head and goes, that's right, kid. You remember who's really in charge here. I'm like, okay, God. And I begin to seek advice. And God protects us and leads us through that advice. Through many counselors, a war is won. So what battle are you in that you keep losing? That means you don't have good counsel. Get good counsel and you'll quit losing that same battle. So God has shown us how he speaks to us, hasn't he? He speaks to us clearly through five ways. Through our desires, circumstances, the Holy Spirit, through his word, and through other godly people. So here's my last question for you. What is God telling you to do? It's time to do it. And the bigger decision you have to make, the more you need all five speakers speaking to you, like surround sound. Remember 5.1, 5.0 surround, remember that? You have all these speakers all around you. The bigger the decision, the more it needs to be coming at you from all different angles to know exactly what God's will is. Let's pray. Thank you for being here today. Thank you. I pray this message has touched you and led you, and I pray that you're getting divine direction right now. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, maybe your prayer today is to say, Pastor, honestly, I've been ignoring some things. Maybe it's time to say, God, I'm sorry you have given me wise counsel, and I have been ignoring it. Or maybe there's a clear scripture, you've just blown by it. Maybe for you it's it's the fact that you, you are so seeking the Lord that you ignore your own desires, that you forgot that you matter, <laughs> that your, your opinion matters. God gave you desires. It's okay. By the way, the higher religious home you came from, the more you discount yourself. I found that to be true. So if you come from a really high religious home that's so about God, and that's a wonderful thing, we can almost be so about God that we act like God doesn't want us to be happy. And that's just not true. He wants you to be happy too. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't ignore God's word. Don't say, I want to be happy. And so I know God's word says, but I'm going to do this instead. No, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that. No. Nope. I'm simply saying there's five ways God speaks to us. Get in alignment with all five and you'll have God's will. What's God speaking to you about? Now the question is, now you know what God's telling you, will you obey him? Will you obey what the Lord tells you to do? With your head bowed and your eyes closed right now, if you've never given your life to Christ, you can receive him right now by praying a very simple prayer. You can pray this with me now. You could just say, Dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died on the cross for my sin. And I believe you rose again. Please come in my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. With your head bowed and your eyes closed right now at all of our different churches, if you just gave your life to Christ, would you just lift your hand high? No one's looking around. If you just gave your life to Christ, just lift your hand high right now. There are hands going up all across our churches right now. Thank you. We see those hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. Thank you. Praise God. Praise God. I promise you it's God's will that you know his son. I promise you. I know that for a fact. Praise God. If you're online right now, you can simply put in the chat, the text to chat. Just put my hands raised if you just gave your life to Christ, or click hand raised. Thank you. Praise God. You're not alone in that decision. 
Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you've spoken to us today. Thank you, God, that you clearly lead us and direct us and that you have a good plan for our lives because you are a good heavenly Father. Thank you for taking care of us, leading us, and directing us. In your name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true.